This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice. Hi, I'm Matt Bartelsian. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Puzzle. We are a merchandise and compliance automation platform, which basically means we do robots that go through stores and understand the merchandising reality of any given store. And what I love about the grocery business is it is an untapped volcano of opportunities for automation and innovation that uh, is just waiting to go off. And we've, I think in the next two to three years, we're going to see more change uh, than we've ever seen before. You're listening to Grocery is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the food and grocery industries. Recorded on location. Hey, everybody. I'm Mark Rako on location at NGA, or National Grocers Association, in San Diego, California. Uh, great to have you with us. And also with us is Mr. Sterling Hawkins. Uh, he is our friend, and he is, uh, of course, co-founder of CART, the Center for Advancing Retail and Technology. Great to have you on the mic again, my friend. Always great to be with you, Mark. <laughs> All right. And, uh, of course, uh, Matt, welcome to the show. We're glad Thank to you. have you. Uh, let's start out here. I have one word for you. Robots. Yes. Uh, you mentioned robots. <laughs> you caught my attention immediately when Sterling introduced you to me and he mentioned robots. I knew we had to have you on the show. Cool. Uh, I know that's a piece of what you do. Correct. It's, a, it's, it's what we visually see as an execution of what you do. So what I'd really like to know is, is when I talk to people a lot, I ask them, but what are you really? Like, you know, okay, you're a dancer, but what are you really? Well, I'm really a mm. storyteller or whatever. Mm. So. What are you really? What is your business really? We're really a data company that provides powerful, simple intelligence to retail management, so store management, and people on the floor. So uh, robots are the vehicle by which we deliver that data, but really it's about actionable, immediate intelligence to eliminate merchandising problems in real time. So when I was at your booth, I, there was this video playing that caught my eye. And yeah. basically what it looked like is it looked like someone was taking their video camera and kind of going around to the shelves in a grocery store. Yeah. And little, little scans were like looking at the products and the labels, uh, the signs on the shelves. Price tag. And scanning yeah. them the same way you would like scan a QR code or, or, or something like that. The way your, your camera and your phone sort of captures someone's face and is like, is like following their face. Is that the camera from your robot going around and looking at the shelves of the store? That's what our robots do. Okay. So can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So we, we have uh, robots that have between five to six cameras on them, uh, depending on the, the height of a given shelf in a given store. And we move extremely slowly so that Mrs. Johnson, who's 85, is not going to have any problem maneuvering around a robot and or we will stop and wait for her to maneuver around us before we move forward. And essentially, we, we see 100% of all of the merchandising problems in any given store. Why is that a big deal? 8 to 10% of items in any given store are out of stock at any given time. That's the NGA national data. And has been for, for forever. Ever, right? That's right. It's a human problem, and humans are not designed to see in a 45,000 product universe the 
massive, 10%, that's 4,500 problems. We're not built to see 4,500 problems in real time. So if we can take, particularly, you know. I love this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Particularly 16-year-olds that are making, you know, $12 an hour or less. You know, they're, they're not geared for that. So what we do Nor is... Nor are they necessarily motivated to do that. Absolutely. In all honesty. Absolutely. So we see 100% of those problems, be it low stock, out of stock, wrong location, wrong price tag, correct price tag, wrong price, um, right promotional banner, but wrong location, hazards on the floor, etc. We see 100% of any given problem in any given store. These shelves need cleanup or organization. Exactly. And so- and then so we, it's taking all this. I'm sorry to interrupt. Just, yep. just to understand. So it's yep. taking this data in and then kind of categorizing it, correct? And putting reports out and saying organization needed on these shelves and aisles five and seven and nine, and then wrong products here. Clean up in aisle five. All those things. Most uh, importantly, it's putting a monetary value to those problems. So I see. we link into the POS system and are able to say uh-huh. then, okay, of the 552 problems in the last hour. By order of importance or order of value, here are the highest value problems. So rather than structuring your merchandising teams to specific aisles and only leaving them to manage specific aisles, it's all hands on deck to solve the highest value problems first. You just work your way down through those problems. Is that how you've made this simple? I mean, when I think robots and I think retail, I think complexity. Yeah. But to keep it simple, you just focus on, well, here's the highest value things. That's it. I don't have to worry about robot maintenance or anything else. Yeah. I think particularly in the independent space, retailers have their hands full to overflowing, and they cannot deal with complexity. Yeah, And so we've made this incredibly simple. They don't have to touch the robot. They don't have to interface with the robot. It's all autonomous. They don't manage the robot. We cover all maintenance. They don't deal with the data side of the robot. They just get the intelligence that we provide them, and then it's up to them to act on it. And if they act well, we can get them to below 3% out of stock. Okay, so two questions are immediately coming to mind for me. One is from a liability standpoint. Yep. I know you sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, yep. but how does the retailer get over the idea that, listen, seriously, some old lady's going to trip over this thing. It, it, robots still trying to get out of their way, but there's yep. that variable. How do I manage that additional risk I didn't have before, one? Yep. And two... What is the what is accomplished versus let's say installing a certain number of cameras because the robot can't be everywhere at once. Right. So you are literally getting all of the data on a constant stream, much more up to date data by having cameras trained on every part of the store. Let's just say hypothetically. Now maybe yep. more more immediate cost in setting that up, but in the long run more data. So how, where is the argument for the robot versus, say, doing that? Okay, great questions. First question around liability. We cover the liability side of the house. So we've, we've got liability insurance in any installation that we do. That's not on the retailer. If there's any kind of problem, we cover it. However, these robots are about as slow. They're slower than grandma is moving. So... <laughs> She will be is faster. That on the box? Is that... <laughs> right. It's a disclaimer. It's slower than any of your customers. So it's trained to stop and see. If it's a person, it will stop and wait for the person to move around them. If it's a box, which it will see and understand, then it will move around the box. Um, so it's, it's geared to understand what it's seeing and then 
respond appropriately. It's weighted in such a way that the base is extremely heavy and the top part of the robot is not. So from a, a stability perspective, it's extremely stable. And we've done everything to make sure that this thing is not a liability risk. But if it, in the off chance that being in the U.S., there's a liability problem, we cover liability insurance for that. In terms of why robots, that's a great question. And we absolutely are agnostic as it relates to hardware. There are instances where robots are better. And there are instances where static cameras are better. And there's a trade-off. So, yeah. so your product is not so much the robot as it is the, the software, the data, the, the platform. Data. And robot is one of the ways that you capture that. Absolutely. It's sexy, if you will, and yep. it's, it's cool, yep. and it feels like you're doing something. That's right. Okay. And the advantages of robot is that it's six cameras, right? So it's six cameras on a stick. Maybe you have two robots per store, max three if you've got a big store. And that's a total of 18 cameras, easy to manage. Uh, there are maintenance issues every two to three months in terms of cleaning and management. But it's, it's not difficult. With static cameras, as easy as they are in theory, they all run on batteries. And those batteries have a two to three, depending on how much energy you're, you're using, max four-month lifespan. And so imagine six cameras on a robot versus 200 cameras per aisle. And that's a heck of a lot of batteries to change, albeit rechargeable batteries, but now you have to have somebody spend a whole day going through just one store to unscrew, put in a battery, and take out an old battery, put in a new battery. And so the advantage of a static camera is that if it's always on, which is then going to deplete the battery even faster, but if it's always on, then you can see more than just merchandising problems, you can see consumer behavior and you can track that. And so not every aisle needs that. Where there are DSDs, that is probably far more interesting. Where there's heavy promotions, it's far more interesting. And we have the ability to be flexible in that regard. How did you come up with this? I mean, not everybody gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to make a robot. Do you have a background in this? Or? I'm not sure that everybody doesn't get up and say that, but <laughs> Well, I get up and I want to use robots. <laughs> okay. I just don't know how. That's right. Sorry, continue. It's a great question, but I can't answer it. In a <laughs> part, I can tell you off, offline. Okay, good. Fair enough. Yeah. So where are you guys doing your development? Yeah. We are St. Louis-based. We're mm -hmm. a U.S. corporation. But our engineering team is in a place called Armenia. I've heard of Armenia. Most people confuse it with Albania, which unfortunately makes them think that I go to work on a donkey every day. But the reality is... It's slightly different. You go to work on a robot, right? Yeah, right, vehicle, exactly. It's, it's, Armenia is this little, little country on the far southwestern end of the former Soviet Union. It was only 1.5% of the total Soviet population, but much like... Israel, in the modern context, delivered 30% of all the tech innovation in the Soviet military. So the first Soviet hmm. nuclear weapon designed and built in Armenia. The first Soviet supercomputer, microchip, um, all the guidance systems for rockets, missiles, submarines. And then most of, not most of, much of the foundational physics uh, in Soviet science was done in Armenia. And my team, therefore, is building off of that legacy. And we are world-class. My AI guys are as good, if not better, than any other AI team anywhere on the planet. They come out of the defense space, having done world-first innovation in uh, guidance systems for drones, and uh, we're applying that to 
supermarket robots. Yeah, and you live there as well. I, I live there, so I go back and forth. But yeah, my family is there, and I'm back and forth. How often do you come to the U.S.? As much as needed. Yeah. So I, I've, I've been... <laughs> I travel a lot, too. I get it. Yeah, I've been... The last month, I've been a week here, a week there, a week here, a week there. Which gets to be tiring, but yeah. that's yeah. okay. I've, I've got a team of uh, six sales guys in the U.S. on a national basis, so we cover uh, the national coverage well and then gotcha. um, as we launch our first customers we're putting operation people in those cities all right for me one last question yeah. and that is is you know i know that the robot is uh is looking at shelves and floors and yep. so forth but how much data if any are you taking in of the customers themselves so none of that you can do with a robot but puzzle as a company has the ability to do that so you need static why, why can't you do it with a robot because the robots run flush against the shelf so we're actually getting out of the way of the customer. Uh, and so we, we actually don't see the customer themselves. Okay. Um, but, but those tasks that you described are right. tasks the puzzle does and will do. Gotcha. So, Matt, one last question. Yeah. If, uh, if people want to connect with you and the things that you're doing, and yes. I know you're a little bit in stealth mode right now, but, but be there with you when you come out of stealth mode and, and, uh, and either learn more from you or, or potentially become a client of yours, yep. uh, how can they do that? www.puzzlepuzl.ai. Give us a shout, and we'd be glad to connect. Matt Bartelzian, the founder and CEO of Puzzle from both St. Louis, Missouri, and Armenia, not Albania. Uh, it was really such a pleasure to yeah, learn about you. the things you're doing. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Hey, uh, Sterling, robots. Yes, I'm all about robots. Okay. Thank you, man. <laughs> thank Thanks, you, man. I really appreciate thank it. Uh, and, and thank you, Sterling Hawkins, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. All right, that is it for this episode. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. On location at NGA in San Diego, California. Look forward to sharing more with you next time. Until then, I'm Mark Waco. Have a great day. This has been Grocery is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, your inside voice.